All right, everybody. It's a podcast with coffee. Your teeth are so white, too. Do you whiten them? Well, I, I can whiten them. Um, do you want to introduce me first? Yeah, introduce me white true. Teeth. Yeah, your white teeth. Hey, everybody. This is Maddie, Matt Moore. Uh, what, what? It's a podcast. I'm here with Josh Nassar. Nassar, right? Yep, Always. Nassar. Like Nassau, like, the space program with an R on the end. We talked earlier. You're a very good friend of Brady Matthews. Dear Maddie episode something I don't know. Brady Matthews. He's so... That guy. He's so hot. Anyway. You think Brady? Wait, let me ask you a question. Brady Matthews, yes, uh, young comedian, guys does a million impressions. He should be on SNL. He should be. Why do you find now this guy? By the way, looks like a Greek god. Yes. So why do you find him attractive? Like, what is your type he, of guy? Because he looks like a Greek god. All right, there you go. I mean, end of conversation. I like usually, and I'm, I'm not into white guys. Mm-hmm. You know what is actually attractive about Brady Matthews too? Besides his arms, he's so like he's kind of like a little bit. A little bit almost this sw- he has swagger. He's like super confident, but then at the same time, he like super self doubts himself, and that's so hot to me. Ugh, that's so boring to me. Oh god. I don't want somebody to self doubt. I want somebody oh. who really believes in themselves. And I just want to imagine him like us like making out uh-huh. and then like having sex and him start to cry because it's so beautiful and then wow. he has pretty eyelashes and when guys cry with pretty eyelashes it makes their eyes look defined and I just think that would be adorable I haven't yeah. thought about this at all well I gotta be honest uh, <laughs> it sounds like you like dysfunctional relationships <laughs> well I'm a therapist oh wow that's what we do now tell everybody how we know one another okay so uh, I we, help out yeah. and teach a CMAG which is a creative management entertainment group that is Marky Costello, yeah. uh, Bud Abbott, and Lou Costello. The granddaughter of Lou Costello is Marky Costello, and she's kind of known as the hosting guru. She is. So she was my manager for several years, and I took her classes, and now I come in and help out when they call me in about once a month, and I teach classes. You're the best t- teacher I've had there. Oh, thank no, you. I'm serious. Like, and we do red great. carpet, teleprompter, cold reading, co-hosting, round table. It's the great balancing act. And I saw you in class, and I think I immediately said, I love you. I'm like, you're amazing. We got along very well. Yes. yes. Well, and also, too, the reason why, because I don't just have comedians or actors, hosts on my show just because. I try to ask people that I think would be good at answering questions. And the reason why I liked your hosting style is because I really felt like you were able to look at what somebody was bringing and actually teach based off of that, actually talk about their strengths and give them – feedback based on what they were bringing not just you know you do a lot of classes where people have their spiel it's like stand-up comedians you know there's some stand-up comedians that just say their script yeah uh, i think it's you because, don't do that uh i come from a place i agree with you because i come from a place of motivational speaking which i do a uh, ted style talks and oh, i, I end up doing a ted talk um and i speak for corporations and things like that uh, whether it's comedy, uh, sales, or motivation, or a combination. Mm-hmm. So when you look at somebody, how are you going to motivate them by saying the same thing you say to everybody else? Exactly. I would say to you, wow, you have this attribute and this attribute and this attribute. Have you thought about this? Or what's holding you back from expanding on this attribute? Oh, yes. And I also like in the class that people would be – afraid of doing an exercise or they would start self-doubting their self and instead of just some people keep focusing on the exercise you go wait a minute wait a minute what's going on what is you, you like you got like a little therapeutic you would try to get to the base of like what what is causing that fear in you because it's all nonsense i know but you did because we could everybody could do the job but so many people don't do that they just kind of operate on the surface i'm not surface guy yeah you're not i think i act silly and play around uh me and my roommate uh, Dana Moon, she's a comic. 
we act silly and play around, and then within a quarter second, we'll be talking about something serious, and then back to something silly. Yeah, that's so we. You, that's life. That's I was just about to say that's life. Oh my god, we're yeah. the same person. We're hanging yeah. out. We're not going to all be always on or yeah. always down. So makes mathematical sense. So why not just follow the numbers? Exactly. And as Jay Z said, men lie, women lie, but Matt numbers don't. <laughs> Now, he didn't say, but Matt, but he said, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. That's true. One plus one will always equal two. It's true. It's true. It's very true. So now, tell me a little bit about, because I don't know a lot about your background. Where are you from? How'd you get I'm out I'm from of- Potomac, Maryland. Um, Where the heck is that? Potomac, Maryland, right side outside of D.C. Oh, okay. The show Beverly Hills 902 when I was based in my high school. Uh, oh, really? Darren Starr went to my high school. Oh. We were from a very, 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 very affluent area, but we didn't have it. So I always felt less than. Mm. Around the country, if you compared us to other people, mm-hmm. our family was great. But in the paradigm of a kid, I didn't know. I mean, my friends were getting new Porsches and new BMWs when they were 16. Oh, my gosh. You know, so it didn't matter. It's like if I didn't get anything and they got something. So I was always your family felt less poor than. or just kind of like middle no, class? No, that's what I'm saying. No, they were upper middle class according to the rest of the United States. Ah, but, but in that bubble. In that it bubble, was... we, you know, I mean, we had, you know, the owner of M&M's. The owner of Mars oh, Bars, okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Sylvester Stallone. They all had houses within four or five miles of where I lived. Oh, wow. So these people were uber rich, and we always felt less than. Oh, wow. And we were totally fine taking care of it. So when I look back, I'm so grateful. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, my dad paid for my college. You know? Things yeah. a lot of people have all these debt. I don't have any of that. Oh, that's great. You know? It wasn't even an issue. He just paid for college. And so was it like at a young age, either the theater bug or the comedy bug bit you? No, it was the, uh, watch this, you'll get a laugh from my roommate. My stepfather locked me in the basement. <laughs> His roommate just said, Jesus Christ. Uh, no, uh, had a pretty messed up childhood, uh-huh. uh, like a lot of us, uh-huh. entertainers. Um, and uh, I was sick really and tired like... of being sick and tired. So uh-huh. I worked on myself, worked on myself, worked on myself, and finally happy. What was the, I'm, I'm curious because I feel like, we have choice points in our life, you know, where you can look back and you think of, oh, there was this moment that happened, and that's when I made a choice to do something different in my life. Do you remember where you were when you yeah. made that choice? I had pills out of my bed, and I wanted to kill myself. Oh, wow. How old were you? Uh, I w- this was like two days ago. Um, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this was like uh, maybe five, six years ago. I was on a medication that was pretty harmful and caused a lot of side effects mm-hmm. uh, that the doctors put me on, mm-hmm. and they called it an accidental addict. Somebody who's put on medication. I never went over my prescribed dosage. Didn't even know to do that. Medication mm-hmm. called Clonopin. And it made oh, Clonopin, yeah. serious shit. Made me I up mean, can and really... down and depressed. Yeah. It, you know, it's very serious. A lot serious. of people aren't using it now. So I was on it for 16 years. Oh, wow. Which is a long time. And yeah. I, I think it really changed my chemistry. And mm-hmm. it made me, I mean, th- I'd be crying one second, happy the next. Cry- and this is just in the middle of the day. Oh, wow. And uh, a fiance, me and my fiance had broken up. She had broken up with me. I was going off the medication. I was convulsing in my shower. I couldn't function. Oh, wow. And I made a choice. I'm like, all right, do I want to get through this or not? And I alone got through it. Wow. You know? Um, and basically, you asked my story before. Graduated uh, college, went to Penn State, moved out here, knew I wanted to be on TV, mm-hmm. started to get some real good success. Mm-hmm. And then after that, went out to the nightclubs, was trying to get laid, you know, trying to fill that hole inside of me that was not filled by yeah. outside validation. Yep. And then I got to a point where I go, wait, this is not working. Yeah. And that's when I went off the medication or started to. And ever since then, it's been, I wake up, I was telling uh, my roommate Dana, I wake up every day happy. 
Oh, it's awesome. Every day I go, oh, oh, Matt's coming here today. We're going to do a podcast. Oh. oh, what can I create today? Like what, what, what paintbrushes can I take out to create my life every day? That's, that's a blessed life. It's amazing. It really and I don't know if it's the therapy, the 12-step, or the Lexapro that I'm on, but every day I'm happy. Whatever, something that you're doing. Or also just to your choice to have a different have a different perspective this day and have yeah. a different pers- – I mean it really is a – I just – we were talking just about a friend who wasn't happy where she lived and she just moved to a new town, uprooted, new job and everything, thinking they're going to be happy. It didn't deal with any of the things that were making them unhappy. Yeah. And it really is a choice of, okay, let's deal with this and be – I always tell people you're either happy now or you're not going to be happy later. One second. So you're saying your friend moved and then she – she? She. she is she married? No. Same okay. Way. So she moved thinking that would solve her problem? Yep. And, you know, people always say this, I like this, this term, they say, you know, your problems, they'll pack themselves in your suitcase and go with you. Yep. You don't have to pack them. And rest assured, when you open your suitcase, they're going to be there. Yeah, exactly. Have you heard that before? No. Thank you. You can. <laughs> I think one of the things that makes me really good is I fuck my roommate all the time. God. What happened, Dana? I'm sorry. <laughs> She's yelling. Dana, what happened? Oh, the- She's okay. Sick. We don't have sex. We're just. You know home. what? And I, I say it as a joke. Uh, the best living situation I've had. Uh, I think who you surround yourself with. You know, there's been plenty of times where I'm caught up in some nonsense in my brain, and Dana will say to me, "Why do you care?" And I go, blah, 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 blah. I'm keep... She goes, "Yeah, but why do you care?" Blah, blah. She goes, "Yeah, but it's none of your business." And I go, "Oh yeah." You know, you need somebody I think around you to because we get caught up in little nonsense. And when somebody goes, "Hey, it's none of your business. It doesn't matter." That's we, their negativity. We really don't care about a lot of things as people. We, I, I, I don't think people are good multifunctioners. And so, really, if you think about the things that matter to you that you really care about, if you really thought about that. There's probably not a lot. Usually, people say things like their family, their career, their no, pets. What I'm saying is, I'll get caught. But I mean, up we in get caught negative. up in the other yeah. negative bullshit, right? But if you think about, do I actually care about this? No. no, no. If it turns into okay, something's negative going on in a friend's life, and you think, well, I care about this because I love my friend and I care about them, and then that changes your perspective. Instead of being into the bullshit, you're more caring about the friend and supporting. I have a question for you because sure. I know you do a lot of counseling. I do and therapy work. I don't give a shit about anything. Well, wait, wait. Let me let me finish. Oh God, and let me finish and see. Okay, and I've said this on stage. I keep saying I keep kind of working on the joke. In a hundred years, none of us are going to be here. We're yeah. all everybody you know. Think about it. Everybody you know is either dead or dying or dead. Yeah. Done. Finished. Right. No one's going to know who the Kardashians are. No one. Barack Obama. They'll be like, oh, that was a president a while ago. He made history like a Lincoln. Yeah, like a Lincoln. The war of this. I mean, you know, think about it. I think it was what sixty years ago. Not even we dropped a bomb and killed a hundred thousand people. Yeah. We don't even talk about it anymore. Yeah. So all of this nonsense we care about. So in the end of the day, I don't give a shit about anything. So my question to you is: Is that healthy? I think, yeah, I don't think, look, I think it's not for me to say what's healthy or unhealthy. I believe, oh, roommate's putting on socks. She's picking her toes She's again. Her toes. Go ahead. Put on, uh, oh, coconut we can't oil. hear That's you, good. okay? She's put coconut oil on her toes. Oh, this is, we're off the <sighs> It just sucks because she has, because she has a sexual attraction to me. Okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. Do you see how we have fun, though? Yeah, no, yeah. All it's the time. Mean, hey, I don't mean to interrupt this podcast. But you are. Uh, but I just want to go on record and say Josh Nasser and I – stop, don't touch me uh, – are platonic. We're roommates. I'm single, so any guys that are straight, at Dana Moon me. 
Follow me on Instagram. I'll follow you back, and then we can sex because I'm pretty. I'm pretty lonely. You know what's pretty amazing? (laughs) You know when we live in the desert, don't you sometimes feel like people around you are very thirsty? And I feel like some people are thirsty. I'm really thirsty for that dick. Hold on a second, Dana. She's trying to get that dick. I got to go on a run to get my ass right. I'll see you guys later. My mom listens to this. Your mom doesn't listen to this. She does some because sometimes she'll, but she only listens to the ones that I don't want to listen to. So she'll probably listen and be like, don't you think that, is that appropriate? But this way it goes back to what we're saying. Like, let's just say with that, that theory, for lack of a better word, in a hundred years, none of us are going to be here. Have fun. I only surround myself. With people that I laugh with, I play with, me and her laugh every day. Hey, I pull the morbid card a lot as a therapist because I ask people, I'm like, really, if you think about the span of your life and how short it is and the limited time we have, it's, it does make you think stressing about this or being unhappy. Is it really worth it? No, none of it. It's give, not. Me, give me something that's worth it. Yeah. I can't yeah. think of anything. Like Jolly Ranchers and kittens. I don't like kittens. I like puppies. Wait, you don't like kittens? I like kittens. I don't like. I actually love kittens. And I love cats. I don't like litter boxes in my house. I couldn't. I can't. Okay, I can't. Something growing but up. I love cats. I used to not. Okay, you and me are going to be very good friends. And, Why? Uh, this is kind of weird, but growing up, my stepdad was a bad person. Used to kick the dog. Oh, so there was urine all over the place. I hate him. So. Every as a kid, you roll around on the carpet, whatever. I was constantly rolling in to dog pee oh or where gosh. dog poop was. No. You know, we cleaned it up. Uh-huh. So the smell of any animal litter boxes or dog pee, I can't stand it. Can't. I can't stand litter boxes. It's the biggest. I think like, cats are great. They're affectionate, and yeah. great, but I just can't do the litter. And I'll smell it instantly when I go. In. You know, every, every cat person always says, "But you can't smell my litter. Yeah, you I can't can. smell." It. And I'm like, "Yes." Yes, yes, I can, yes, and it's I disgusting. It's it gross. By the way, they shit and pee, and then they use their feet to kick it up, and then they crawl all over you. you. And then they crawl on your kitchen table it's to yeah. try to eat your food. It's fucking, I mean, it's it makes upsetting. me angry. And then they, of course, oh, no, uh-oh, no. No, no it's no, clean. Mine and my cat's clean. No, that's just dust. Right. No, it's not gray dust. You know, sometimes what I do is I shit in the toilet, and I put my feet in the toilet, <laughs> and I mix it around. But no, my feet are clean. That's a funny joke. <laughs> That's a funny you gotta joke. Write that down. That is a very funny joke. Please come remember that. <laughs> Siri, make a note. Um, all right, let's talk about some questions here. I can yeah. talk to you all day. Okay. All right. Here we go. First question, dear Maddie. I think I'm terrible at dating. I've been doing a lot of online dating. My profile works because girls are responsive, but admittedly, when we go out on first date, I get nervous. I never want to seem like I'm asking too many questions or that I'm prying into their life. To them, I'm an online stranger, and I want to be respectful. Wow, this person's very chivalrous. The question is, what are some good questions to ask on a first date? This is from Thomas, age 27. I really believe on a first date... If you're really trying to find somebody to be with, it shouldn't be at night. There should be no touching or no alcohol. What does that Great. mean? It means to look at the person. Oh. And also ask uh, questions that are light and airy and fun. Just get to get know the vibe of the person. On a yeah. first date, I don't believe that it's – you're not looking for information. You're looking to feel if your vibes get along. And Ooh, dating to me advice. is gathering information. What do I mean? And I use this example. My sister, her vibe is very intense. Think mm-hmm. of uh, just very uh, – everything's always a big deal. Everything's a problem. I'm, go, I'm late to this. I got to do this. I don't personally work – I love my sister, but I don't work well with that kind of vibe. Vibe. 
That's just not me. Think very back, back east, New York, tense. Everything's a big problem. Everything's a dilemma. So that's all I'm looking for in a first date. Are you calm? Are you relaxed? Do you think people are able to get that from a first day, or do you, you think can get people that are in kind the first of five minutes? Okay. And even if they're putting on an air of front, you can like if the person goes there. Oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm late. You know, I just got in a fight with my mom, and oh, I got a parking ticket. You can hear people's vibration. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my vibration very high energy, very fun, very silly, happy to be alive. That's kind of mine. Yeah. You know. Now, could I be calm? Yeah, but my overall vibration, I think, is happy. Yes. Just, Silly and fun. That's vibration. I once went on a date with a guy who said the first date, he said he was kind of keeping his hand over his mouth and he, I didn't say anything and he finally said, sorry, I'm putting my hand up, but I just, I have to go to the doctor tomorrow because I keep having rancid breath and I don't know what it is. And I went, okay, well, wait, 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 Something's always ailing him, like something. There you go. And he like just confirmed that. Yeah. And I think as far as like, I mean, I, I 100% totally agree with that. And as far as like, Thomas, if you need questions, I think maybe just uh, the kind of yeah. stuff to ask is listen to them, listen to what they're saying and maybe go off there, ask them about what How they're talking can- about. Don't like go in with a set of, I'm going to ask this and this and this and this, because then, again, it's kind of what we are saying earlier. Instead of just listening and being present with the person, you're just spouting off your agenda. I don't know. Questions like, how was your day? How was your day, yeah. Where are you from? Uh, tell me the funniest memory you have. Yeah, I well, love this one, too. And this is something, too. I love this when I talk to people about dating or for myself. Um, things that get people excited. Like if I say, oh, tell me what your favorite, like, you're kind of down and depressed. What's your favorite food to eat? Yeah. Or what's your favorite dessert? Or, or what you, makes you laugh? What, what makes, makes you laugh, you laugh hysterically? What's yeah. your favorite movie? Those are things that you can, you know, for instance, I love, I'm a foodie. I'm a fatty. Mm-hmm. I'm skinny. You're but, not fat. Right, say right. But, but my brain is a fatty brain. Like yeah. I love uh, donuts. Well, we all have an inner fat girl. You know that? Right. I we all have, believe that. No, but some people are like, oh, I never cheat. Oh, and you go. Come on. Right. So, you know, you, you could see how, how much... Uh, not vivation, but how vibrant people are when you mm-hmm. ask them about things that usually have a passion. Like, what's your favorite music? You know, yeah. people have a passion. That is actually my it. question. I would ask, what are you passionate about in your life? And if somebody didn't answer that question, mm-hmm. because some people couldn't, they'd be like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'd go, oh, we're probably not going to click because I need people that get excited about life and excited about something in life that day. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm always happy-go-lucky. I'm totally um, – I, you know, yesterday I was totally in a grumpy mood and you don't know why you're in a grumpy mood. You kind of just feel it out and just kind of get over it. But it's definitely like a, a, a choice to wake up to be more optimistic about stuff. And so I, you, I think I love what you said about feeling out their energy instead of exactly what they're saying. I think a lot of people don't do that. They, they have a checklist of, well, this person needs to do this. They need to have a job. They need to be blah, blah, blah. They need to. But what about just the energy of just how you feel around them? And, and. But those are good things to find out on the second, third, fourth date. And even on the first date, you can find if somebody has a job and those kind of things. But that usually comes from what's your passion. Make sure like, they're single. That's happened to me on the first date. Oh, like I'm in Oprah. And I'm like, okay, well. And tell me what you think. And I, I don't think that this is too excessive, but everybody I've talked to. So, Matt, you and I are on a date, all right? Okay. And I say to you. Uh, Who, I'm lucky. So I say, <laughs> I say, are you single are you are you available for a relationship? Are you looking for that in your life? For me, that's just saying, 
if you met the right person, nothing with me, if you met the right person, are you in a space in your life? So if you ask me right now, are you single? Yes. Am I available for a, full, a relationship if that happened? I go, you know, that's a good question. I don't know if I 100% am because I am so focused on the career and I don't know. I'm still have to teach myself how to balance both. Yeah. So I'm, I don't feel that that's an excessive question. It's like if you went on a job interview and they said, uh, are you employed? No, I'm not employed. Are you looking for a long-term job or are you just, it's just a summer job? Yeah. You know, but what do you feel about that? Is that a too excessive a question to no, ask? I, say, I actually say that to my boyfriend all the time where um, I say, hey, this is kind of where I am right now. I don't know if this is the right thing. I don't know if this is the wrong thing. It's just kind of how I am right now. And uh, I'm going to kind of try to figure this out. And that it's all what I call that. I think that's just checking in with where you actually are. So instead of saying, yes, I can be in a relationship or no, to be honest and say, I don't know. I think that's a lot. A lot of times people want to go into relationships with everything already. They, they're they so fearful and scared about taking a risk or putting themselves out there. They want everything checked off. Don't but, get a relationship. I'm bringing it back to the question. Exactly. First no, date. I didn't answer it. No, 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 no. No, it's, it's good because – and this is also one thing too is how do people communicate? I learned this because I had speech communication with my major. Um, it's not what I say. It's what I say. Then – you repeat it or understand it, mm-hmm. and then you say it back to me, and then I go, okay, we now have connected on that. That's and that's therapy. also a great yeah. thing. To, what, that's, that's what? That's totally therapy. Right okay. There. So yeah. that's what I learned in speech communication. Yeah. So again, is, is that, do you think, too much on a first date to say, you know, where are you at in your life? You know? I think, honestly, I think if that's what you're comfortable with, then that's what you should talk about. And I think if the person that you're talking to on a first date is not comfortable with that, then that's probably not the f- person you're n- meant to date. Right. And Because and, I can go that deep. I have no problem with that. Yeah, I can too. That's you know? what, That's what. again, that the guy I'm dating now, that's what attracted me is that our first date, we both, when I asked him what he was passionate about, he immediately went into what he was passionate about and how it affects his life and how he feels like it causes him to grow as a person and how he's able to be a, a better person. And then he turned it right back to me and said, what are you passionate about? What What's your hopes? What's your dreams? And I'm was like fucking salivating because I love that. A question then for you and what? Uh, you is what is your guy's secret fatty food that you guys eat together? Bread pudding. Bread pudding? Obsessed with bread pudding. Where do you get it from? We go to this place in West LA. Uh-huh. It's called B Sweet, the letter B Sweet. Uh-huh. It's a... Um, it, that's all it is—is is bread pudding. It's on Sautel. Do you know? I don't know I think what they're... bread pudding is. I'm sorry. I think I do. But what I is like it. it. He what is loves it? it. Um, it's uh, like you get. The, it's kind of like French toast baked, but then you put like you can have salted caramel <gasps> bread pudding or oh. yeah, it's almost like a a cakey breadish type. Um, normally you can make it with like Ina Garden. I love the Barefoot Contessa. She Wait, makes well, hold on, hold on. Say that again. Barefoot Contessa, the show Barefoot Contessa, okay, the cooking ahead. show. Okay. With Ina Garten. I love okay. her. She makes a croissant. So you basically put like croissants in a pan and then make a custard, oh. like a milk baked custard with eggs and vanilla and sugar and some spices. And then you bake it and then it, it puffs up so and then yummy. you pour like syrup on it or caramel. Oh. It's, I like it. I like it. I like it. Can I do your podcast again? This is the idea. And however amount of time. Sure. And what we'll do is we'll get bread pudding. We'll get different <laughs> kinds. 
and we can do a taste test. We can totally do a taste okay. test. Bread pudding good. and beer. Those are my favorite things. Really? Um, I okay. Love, I love next question. All right, next question. Dear – so, Thomas, hope that helped. All right, this is from Claire, age 39. Dear Maddie, my husband has been dealing with health issues for the last year. Nothing major, just mainly shoulder and knee injuries. The problem is he, play, he plays on a rugby team. I think that's great that he's doing something fun, but Maddie, the guy is 38. He has two kids. We've already gone through a minor knee surgery and a major shoulder surgery because of rugby injuries, yet he can't wait to heal and get back out there. I don't want to be the nagging wife, but I feel like he needs to grow the hell up. Should I say something? I love you. Thanks for making me smile every week. Oh, Claire, you're welcome. Claire, age 39. Should she talk to her husband about rugby? Uh, I think that what her intentions are are 100% correct. I think the way she's saying it is totally wrong. Okay. Growing the hell up. What happened? What, 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 I want to say this to you. Hey, Matt, grow up. Fuck you. I'm defensive. Right. Exactly. What like, she, you're attacking someone. Right. I think what she should really say is, and this is therapy 101, is how it makes her feel. She says to him, you know, if she said to him, I want to have a long life with you. You're my partner. You're my best friend. And it scares me because I don't feel like we can do the things that I want to do together if you keep getting hurt. We can't be together, travel, this, that, things with your kids that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we it don't scares know me. We don't know the age of their kids, too. If he has young kids, now he's not able to pick up so, his kids. Or you know, and maybe talk to him and saying, you know, what do you get out of it? Is there something else that you can do um, that will give you the same adrenaline rush? Is there precautions you can take? What is, her, what is his feelings about it? And tell her, uh, to, when she speaks... Just say this is what it makes me feel. It makes me feel scared. If I went up to you and I go, hey, this makes me scared, you can't get mad at me. No, yeah, you can't. You know what? And if it came down to it where she would, where he's not going to stop and uh, you're afraid of that, then you might have to get divorced. And what? why? Because you want a, quality, a certain quality of life. He may not want that quality of life. Moving on, you know? There's 7 billion people on the planet. You can find somebody else. You are so good at this. I think oh it's my, pretty simple. I need to pay you for this. Will you be my therapist? I do this for a living, by the way. <laughs> Will you be my I do this for a living. I do. No, I. There's really nothing. I. I think that's the shortest. No, I just can't answer that. That's the shortest answer and most succinct ever. I think it is. This is. I. That's the best advice I think to get anybody when you're upset about something. Go from a place of how it makes you feel rather than what you want them to fix, quote unquote, fix or change, because again, that putting people on defensive. That's the first way to not get what you want. At all, and you always do that in any argument. If I'm just saying the way, by the way, and it's very funny if you if you say that to somebody. If we're in an argument and I keep saying how it makes me feel, your head will start to shake. People that are combative, they don't know what to do. They don't because all you keep saying is, "I'm not trying to fight with you. I'm telling you how it makes me feel." And they're used to somebody. Most people are used to people attacking them, so they keep fighting. Yeah. It's like two kids in a sandbox. So I keep hitting you, and I keep touching you, and hitting you, and hitting you, and you ignore me. Eventually. I'm just going to go somewhere else. Yeah, and Claire, hopefully your husband is, responds well and listens to you that because then if he's not, if you tell him how he feels and he sometimes instead of some people acknowledging how you feel, they turn right back with, well, I don't think you understand how I feel, then obviously maybe counseling or something is a good road for you to go down because you obviously might have some communication issues where you're both just not able to talk to each other. And one thing that I've learned about that too is that a relationship changes, again, Matt, you and me are in a relationship. If I change, the relationship changes. Yeah, People does. go, oh, well, that person's got to change. No, you keep changing. You keep holding your ground up. This is the way it makes me feel. This is the way it makes me feel. I understand what you're saying, but this is the way it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. You can't move off from that point because once mm-hmm. you get aggressive, then you've lost the ability uh, to have open communication. Yeah. 
So and it's hard. I've been there. It's super hard. It's like it's our habit to get our ego and and really bark at each other. But man, it doesn't. Once you learn to break free from that, Claire, or anyone listening, I'm telling you, you'll never want to do it again because it feels so much more. Um, it's just so less stressful. Yeah, and you know what I've learned? Ego is for me, uh, and it's really exciting. Uh, and by the way, the things that I say. I didn't make up these things. These all come from the 12-step work I've done in the therapy. Ego, for me, is simply edging God out or edging good out. Mm-hmm. Whatever, however you want to say. When you're in your ego, all you're doing is coming from a place of me, 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 yeah. me. As opposed to just saying, this is what I feel. Mm-hmm. It's not all about me. It's all about us. Mm-hmm. And I like to say this in relationships. I don't want to be right. I want to be with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't want to be right. I don't give a shit about being yeah, right. Yeah. If you want to be right, then, you're, then you want to be alone. Yeah. And by the way, just so you know, in this whole podcast, everything I said, I'm right. (laughs) Which means I want to be alone. Get the hell out of here. I'm sorry. Very Uh, aggressive. My fault. We're done. We're done. All right. Um, We're we're bamming through these. All right. Last question. This is from – okay. People ask questions and I answer them. So, Reggie, I don't really know how – well, we're going to see. This is from Reggie, age 40. He asked me, Dear Maddie, what is your favorite sexual position? My wife and I want to try something new. I know you're gay, but you know people, right? I swear to God, that's a question. Um, You know, he wants to know your favorite sexual position? I I think it's odd that he asked me. Can we read it again? I want to hear the question again slowly. What is your favorite sexual position? My wife and I want to try something new. I know you're gay, but you know people, right? I mean, something. There's something layered here. There's, no, there's something. <laughs> something's weird. I think it's odd that he's asking. I'm very obviously gay, Reggie, um, and anybody. So, and I'm, I'm a gold star gay, and that I've never even had sexual relationship with the woman. So, wait, I, something's weird. Though, so it's that, odd that he to ask me. Is it odd, or he's looking to you for you've had experience sexually? I mean. Something doesn't make mathematical sense. It's like he's going to a heart surgeon for a problem with his hand. Thank you. You know, something. Can we hear the question one more time? I know it's silly, but I want to hear it one time. No, no. What is the question? Dear Maddie. Okay. What is your favorite sexual position? My wife and I want to try something new. I know you're gay, but you know people, right? And it's 40. I, 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 you know what? I want to talk to him. (laughs) <laughs> because some, I don't get, you know, I don't know why he would have. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, maybe. Uh, I'm I, I'm kind of wondering. It made me think. Uh, it made me a little sad when I read this question. Cause I thought, Reggie, do you not have like some just guy friends that you're able to talk about sex with in your life? Just because wouldn't if you wanted to, if you were bored in your sex life with your girlfriend, what what would be your go to to like? I'll tell you honestly. If I had a really uh, good relationship, do you know who I should be talking to about my sex life? I know what you're gonna say. Say it. The person you're in a relationship with. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. know, it's just like a business partner. Hey, we got a problem with our business. Let's talk about it. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of fun. You go out to the bookstore together. You look online yeah. together. Whatever go it like, is. Yeah, Reggie. What if you and your wife, uh, did you say wife? Yeah. What if you went and got like a Kama Sutra book? Something. Like, that's at, something fun. At Borders. Uh, Borders is closed. Uh, you Barnes know what we'll do? Fister and her butt. There's always, <laughs> always, uh, that's what you want to do. That will always, either spite, this is a little bit, I don't know if you go to uh, Vegas. That's kind of gay. It's kind of like, yeah, it is. But black and red and roulette, it's either going to make your relationship amazing or she's going to divorce you. So our advice is fister and her butt. Yeah, that's. Both fist, one foot. Okay, moving on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, mom. Well, he asked a ridic- not a ridiculous question, but he asked a it, ridiculous question. It is a little bit of a ridiculous question. So, um, Reggie, my advice to you is um, Fister in her butt. It doesn't matter about my favorite sexual position. Fister in her butt. Fister in her butt. It's, yeah. <laughs> 
Get a book, buddy. Get a book. Yeah. Talk to your friends and your family. Not your family. Maybe your friends. Like, yeah. Talk to your mom. Talk Call to your, mom. your mom. Do you know what? My family, we would talk about because my parents talk about everything. Unappropriate. I, mean, I know. They, Inappropriate or unappropriate? I don't know eh, it works here. All right. Good. Yeah, it's a little like, um, yeah, it's, we, we don't have boundaries. I mean, we do. It's, we almost talk. We share too much. Yeah. So people are like, there, there's not. It's great. Does that affect your relationship, not having boundaries? I mean, no. Like, we've worked it out now, and I've had that. You know, like. Yeah, you've worked on yourself. There was never, ever, nothing ever detrimental. Like, my parents both were very good at supporting us and letting us know that we love them. But also, too, it's, I know that. When I've dated people, well, like my boyfriend now, he's super private. So it's been good for me because I realize I'm from a family that we kind of emotionally vomit everything. Mm-hmm. And it's good for me to learn that what, how some people have different levels of privacy. And even though I'll talk about pretty much every aspect of my life, now there's somebody in my life that I care about that I don't. Or that sometimes it behooves me to actually keep something private between me and another person or just... Like I said, probably me a year ago, I would start talking about my favorite sexual position. But I'm kind of like, eh, Reggie, I really don't feel like talking about that. Not in today. Maybe I would tomorrow. But maybe, too, the way the question was worded didn't make me feel safe to do that, you know? And I don't think it's even, um, like, what's appropriate or not appropriate. It's what's healthy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what's healthy. Yeah. What is a healthy thing for the best possible outcome? The good thing, I, you know, but I'll, I'll, I'll see the good in a plague if I could. You know, the, I love that about you. The thing that, my, uh, that was good about knowing a lot a about Great me. thing. Hold on. I'm sorry to interrupt you. What? I'll see the good. That was just a great statement about you who you are. Well, I'll see the good. Say it again. Well, actually, I got that from it. As I said, I'll see the good in a plague. But I get that because Madeline Kahn says that in a movie in Mixed Nuts with Steve Martin where she says to him, you could see the bright side of a plague. And that is something that actually I kind of feel like I can do. I can too. Yeah. But it's really – that's like what we're saying with the vibe. If we were out and you said I could see the good side in a plague, I would go, oh, I like that person. Yeah, and I yeah. immediately got your vibe when I was teaching that hosting class. I remember like looking at you. I'm like, I, did I say something? What did I say? You said you, – you looked at me and you said you seem like a happy guy. And then what else did you say? I'm in the middle of class and I stopped the class. I'm like, I like you. I go, you're awesome. Yeah. I, I, I thought you were hitting on me and then I was disappointed. No. no uh-uh, not right. hitting on you. No, I'm sorry. I know. I know you're not. No, yeah. I just found out you were awesome. Um, well, all right, Reggie. Best of luck to you and your wife. Um, oh, I meant to bring this up because I always forget to do this. So now we're at Celebrity Shit the Bed. This is a point of the show. I call it Celebrity Shit the Bed, and I should have told you this before we start the air, but I forget. Go ahead. This is the time for you to talk about either what advice would you give a certain person in pop culture right now, or is there something in the news that just has that you wanted that you thought was interesting, that upset you, that made you joyful, something that you just wanted to talk about that's kind of going on right now in the Donald ether. Trump. Oh, Donald Trump. It's not what he's saying, it's how he's saying it. Uh, he's unapologetic. I don't mind that. What I wish Donald Trump would say is, you know what? Everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. If I say something that's quote-unquote wrong, we all have wrong. It's not when I say something wrong. It's how I recover from it. It's how I readjust my values, my ideas. We're all willing to learn. We're all willing to grow. He seems to be impenetrable and not vulnerable at all. But we're human beings. He is a human being. I don't care if he has $4 billion. He is putting on the air of being impenetrable. Yes. That is very dictatory and very aggressive feeling. Yes. 
So what he said uh, about the uh, Mexico, I get what he was saying, but what how he said it was wrong. When he goes, oh, Mexico is sending. Mexico's not sending. It's not like the government is going, hey, I'm going to send bad people. What he's saying is some of the people that come over here, not all, some, it might be 1% or 3% or 2 or 60, I don't know the percentage. Mm-hmm. Some of those people are, are not helping our economy. I want to figure out how to make that percentage lower. Mm-hmm. He's just saying a mathematical equation of something is going on with our economy. Our economy is ecosystem. I want to fix the things that are, do not seem to be helping our economy. You could be black, white, green, orange, Mexican, Asian. He's just saying these are things that I want to fix. But what he did is he said basically, in my opinion, the country of Mexico. The country of Mexico is not doing anything. The people in Mexico, the certain people, might be one person, 10, 5. Does that make sense what I'm saying? I, well, yeah, I think he does, uh, which a lot of politicians, a lot of people do. Too. It's that there's um, – we take out any complexity of people and situation, and we put people into binary of the right, wrong, good, bad, mm-hmm. and not seeing the totality of – what people are, which politics to me is, it, 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 it's just about a lot of it. It's just attaching onto people's fear. And so getting them, you know, right. I'm going to make you fearful so you'll vote for me to help, you know, lessen your fear. And I feel like Donald Trump, you know, is doing what a lot of other politicians, but he's doing it really with a lot of vitriol and a lot of just, you're totally right in the way he says it. It's so, like, he just, Again, here's this person who, quote-unquote, should be able to have everything in their life, but he just seems so angry. Yeah. He just seems really angry. That's a great way to put it. And, and from my experience and everything I've learned is that uh, civilizations to the beginning of time have uh, thrived when there is open trade. I don't mean open with dictators. I mean, but when you have free trade, mm-hmm. when I'm able to trade with you, hey, I have these beaver skins and you have silver, mm-hmm. whatever it is. When you can trade, I have something you want, you have something that I want. And when you come out and say uh, an aggressive statement towards Mexico, which is false, you're not opening the lines of dialogue for trade. No, you're. It's honestly what you were saying. Other, it's literally putting somebody on the defensive in the yeah, relationship. Why you do that? And Mexico, have you ever seen the valet parkers here? They're very cute. <laughs> I love hugging them. Honestly, the Latinos that I've met in Los Angeles have been some of the sweetest hard work. I, live, I work at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. There's a dude there, a single dad. Uh, he fought, I think, for custody. He has two kids. He works as a cook at night, and all day long, he's out working in the sun. This motherfucker works harder than and Oh, by the way, rides his bike to work. Oh, wow. I mean, these are like this dude, and this, I've never seen him be nothing but nice. Yeah, I... The been- nicest fucking guy. I would be an asshole if I was in his position. No, I, I think uh, to me that's the I, that's been my experience as well. I think it, you know it's you know who knows is Donald Trump. You know, a lot of people want to say he's racist. Is he? It probably is. I mean, but, but we all have different levels of racism that we work through. But I was just I was reading an article the other day where Kelly Osbourne said something that made a racist statement, and she was apolog- She was saying, "Oh, it wasn't well thought at what I said," and the person would say. Everybody seems so defensive about saying, oh, I'm not a racist or this. And the writer of the article said, I actually would appreciate it if Kelly Osborne would say what I said was racist or what I said was, you know. I, what I, I said came off racist. Came off My ra- intention 
was actually this. Exactly. That's this what they was were my saying. Intention. And what if you know what? Yeah. It's like, again, we have to be so stoic. Well, and Donald Trump especially does this. That is able to. Well, I'm I'm, I'm going to say this and do this, and I am not apologizing. And boy, I, that just scares. But a lot of people like. That, you know, they find it, even if they're not Donald Trump fans, they find it refreshing that he speaks his mind, where they feel like a lot of politicians aren't. But that's all nonsense. I know. You know who else speaks their mind? Hitler. People can speak your mind. <laughs> yes. It doesn't mean that it's right. Exactly. I'm not comparing him, by the way, to Hitler. No. I'm just saying that I can speak my mind. It doesn't mean I'm not an asshole. Exactly. And by the way, it's all how he's spinning it. I did door-to-door sales for 20 years. I learned to speak in different ways. Hmm. So all he's doing is speaking and going, I'm speaking my mind. Yeah. You can say the same thing without speaking your mind. Yeah. And I really want to do this as a comedy, as a bit. I want to read a speech that JFK said in the 60s. I bet it's the same shit the politicians are saying now. Now's the time for America to get strong, to work together, to be one people. It's the same shit every four years. Do we not remember that? Yeah, exactly. We got to make our economy stronger. We want to open relations without – it's the same, same shit. Thing. It's just the way they're saying it. Or, we, or you like I said, we don't remember what they said. How can we not? I mean, remember, remember when Barack Obama was filling stadiums? Oh, yeah. Stadiums. Oh, yeah. And then it's also when I actually have talked to some African-American, they go, yeah, I voted him for him because he's black. And I go, that's racist. I've talked to some women who have out and out said, I'm voting for Hillary no matter what because she's a woman. And I think she'll get women's issues because she's a woman. I go, that is so re- wrong. I agree. How do you? That doesn't mean she's going to get or fight for women's issues. No, it's like the people that would vote for George Bush because they thought he was a good Christian. Where I'm from, so a lot of people voting for that reason. Yeah, but to me, I think that's just not the basis of voting for someone. I don't think because they are that person. What happens if I'm seven foot one? Oh, you know, I'm going to vote him because he's going to understand tall people. Tall things. people issues. Doesn't mean he's going to act on it. Yeah, maybe he will. He might understand it. You know, and I'd be interested to see. And I don't know. How many things that Barack Obama did that were specifically for African-Americans? I don't know that answer. I'm not educated enough I to don't, know. I don't either. But I would love to see what was specifically because we go, oh, he's going to understand me. I don't know what he did. I don't know. But those are things that people grab onto. <clears throat> did a lot and, for the gays. What? Did a lot for the gays. Yeah. I don't know and you know what? Be. He's not gay. Yeah. So exactly. he did a lot for the gays and he's not gay. He can't maybe even relate to that. Mm-hmm. So this is a man who did an amazing thing for gays, but he's not gay. So why don't we vote for the person who's going to do the best for as opposed to a person who can identify with? So you want us to vote for the person that's best for the gays? I want you to no, – I want to vote for okay. a gay. <gasps> do you think we'll have a gay president? What? Not in my lifetime. You don't think so? Although I never thought that I would be able to get married in this country ever really? until I was like 60. Really? The fact that I'm 36 years old and that's already ha- – like none of my friends, we were all shocked by that. Shocked. Shocked, 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 shocked. We all thought it was going to be when we were literally 65 retired that would finally happen. Wow, that's awesome. Anyway. So awesome. Um, okay, we're, we're wrapping up. We're almost at Chatty Maddie questions, okay? All right, let's go to Chatty Maddie. These are five questions I ask everybody every week. So here we go. Child, uh, Chatty Maddie questions number one. This I don't know how this goes since you, know, you said you had it. Hopefully you have – out of your childhood, what's your most memorable childhood smell? I'm thinking right now. It's like you're trying to uh, smell it. I think it's not positive. Can it be a negative one? Well, I, I, I said most it before. Favorite. It doesn't have to be. Positive. Oh, you said favorite. You said, I said favorite. favorite but oh, it, then it's not. Then that's negative. Okay? But I want to know that. It's too uh, late. The, I said it before. The dog urine. 
That that's I can't. I, I, it's the worst ever. I still can smell it right now. It's the worst ever. Do you have something that's the opposite? Is there something that like reminds you of like a great moment in your childhood? No, it's all right. What about now? Something that's good. Uh, now it's not like it. Like you know, how I said, how, how I had the passion when I said, "Oh my god, the dog urine! I can't stand it." Mm-hmm. I don't have something flipped that, that's like, like, "Oh my god!" But I can tell you the smell. My mom and this is uh, in Colonial Williamsburg. I love which, it. I love Colonial. Which I got place. really into it. Okay, so uh, if you don't know what this is, it's back east. I believe it's in Virginia, and we would go there as a family, and they reenact the whole Civil War, whatever. It's just a fun place as a kid. I love to go. it. I would say I'm from Oklahoma, and she would say, "I don't know where that is. It must right. be past the frontier." Right. Exactly. I loved so, it. So they have a thing there called peanut soup. Which my mom made, and it's just basically, I don't know how to say it, it's melted, not melted peanut butter, but it's got little peanut chunks in it, mm-hmm. and my mom would make it. We had it once when we were up there, and she still makes it. So that and kibasa were two great smells. My mom would make that cooking, mm-hmm. and I love that. So that would be my best childhood memory. Oh, I smell. wish you could they, see his smile when he said yeah, that. That's awesome. That was really sweet. All right. Chad, I had a question number two. What's the best piece of, of advice you wish you had taken? Uh, I can't say I wish because I'm pretty happy and I can only do what I know mm-hmm. but just throwing it out there mm-hmm. what I was going to say is you can only do what you know once you know it like until I really know it and what I really know now is this is all nonsense mm-hmm. I wish that I had realized that before I wish that what, what people were saying to me of like just you know forgive people move on it doesn't matter I wish that that's what it is. And forgive doesn't mean forget it. It just means like, yo, dude, I'm out. I'm not going to allow your nonsense to fuck me up anymore. So that would be my piece of advice. You know? Move on. Live life. I can relate to that. You're like, oh, it feels so freeing to know that now. What would this have been like if I was doing this when I was 21? Dude, I would be a beast right now. I would be, well, we would be. Yeah, but it doesn't be, matter. Whatever, moving on. We'd be presidents. Yeah. I'd be the first gay president. All right. All right. All right. Number three. If um, uh, if a day in your past could be your Groundhog Day, meaning a day you could live over, doesn't have to be in your childhood, just a day that you've already experienced, what day would that be? Uh, the day that I cheated on my ex-fiance with her sister. Really? You would live that day over and over? Yeah, and Why? change it. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah, I made a mistake. Oh, well. That, she was hot. How did the, she just pull you in? I was so, no, I was I was so drunk. I had mixed, you know, I took Clonopin, one milligram. And oh, I, you can't I, drink with Clonopin. I drank alcohol, oh. and I don't have a big tolerance. And when I say drink alcohol, I maybe had, let's say my tolerance is like two, three beers at the most. Mm-hmm. I maybe, it was my birthday. I maybe had five or six. Oh. Like I was, and that's for me is, that's like somebody drinking 30. And just was, I just blacked out almost. So I would relive that over just to not do that again. That's not what you meant, though. That's, Sorry. It's not that's what a, I meant, but that's fine. Yeah, that's you something can... that, you know, it was a mistake that I had made and I didn't know. And now I, that's when I decided to get off the medication. Oh. Yeah. I was like, this is, shit's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. All right. Next question, all right. Maddie. Um, all right. What would be the title of your memoir? This is all nonsense. Bam. I love it. That you just Easy breezy cover girl. Easy breezy. <laughs> so that'll be on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, well, the last question, when are you most inspired? When do you find yourself really just invigorated to? When I'm stoned at like one in the morning and I'm working on my iPad and I'm uh, editing videos and doing things, uh, that's when I'm most inspired along with when I'm on stage and a little bit stoned mm. and I'm performing. It's so fun. 
so what about like when you're here? So I get the stage thing. I'm interested when you're on the couch. It's one in the morning. Like, I'm watching Netflix, and it's just and I'm going. What can I create mm. in the morning and then at night like that? When I'm just, I mean, I'm inspired all the time. But when I'm alone, everything's off. I'm watching Netflix. And when I say I'm stoned, I mean it doesn't have to be with that. But I smoke a little bit. When I say a little bit, one hit, and I'm gone. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just free and I'm just creating. I'm looking at the internet. What can I do? Where can I post my videos? Who can I hit up? Like the other night, I stayed up until five in the morning, sending my video link of me, a, a heckler run, rushing the stage, and as opposed to getting into a fight with her, I made out with her. I saw that video. Okay, so, so okay, how did that happen? Tell us a little bit about because literally you did um, make out with her. She was uh, a girl who was very aggressive for no reason. I was talking to one guy, having a great time. And it was bah, 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 having fun. He was talking about having a big belly. And I'm like, I'm insecure about it. And then I go, dude, I don't like my big belly. He goes, you should be love your big belly. It's what God gave you. That's awesome. Something along the lines of that. He was like, a, he looked like a Viking, you oh, know, yeah. like he was awesome. Just a nice guy. And then she goes, uh, something like we waiting for you here, here, joke or something. And she goes, and what are you doing with your hands? What are you gay? And I was like, huh? It just came very aggressive. And I looked at her and I stepped two steps. I'm like, look, basically I was saying verbally, look, motherfucker, don't fuck with me. Who the fuck are you to come to a comedy show? Everybody's having a fun. Who the fuck are you? I don't get hecklers. So um, I stepped at her and she got up like she was going to fight and she came to the stage. And I looked at her. I'm like, oh, you're just a little bitch. And I don't mean like girl bitch. I'm like, you're just a little insecure person who's trying to get attention and validation. And you are a hurt person. So I looked at her and I go, do you want to make out? I decided to change from being upset to go, oh, she's a hurt human being and she just wants to have fun. And she was so cute and pretty. And I go, you want to make out? Like being silly? And she goes, yeah. And I go, okay. So I almost said it as a joke like, hey, mm, do you want to make out? You're cute. So we made out. Everybody laughed. And it was great. And she sat down. She had her moment. And she calmed down. Totally. And that was fine. And we had fun. And afterwards, we talked. And if that video goes viral, I will give her money. I said, here's my card. Um, ends up, she's homeless. She is? Homeless from Kenya. She dances. And one of her best friends is a guy who's on one of the billboards uh, for anti-AIDS. So oh, wow. I basically think I have AIDS by making out with a homeless chick. <laughs> That's what went through my mind. Oh, she had – she, her eye was red. She, I don't know if, if she had pink eye. I don't know what happened. All I know is I made out with a homeless chick with pink eye is pretty I much what I know. I, I don't know if you have AIDS, but you might get a yeast infection in your mouth. I have a yeast infection. That can happen. But she was the cutest lady, and I said to her – I literally hold, and I held my card in her hand, and I go, if this goes viral – you are going to make money on it. Isn't it. What I love about that is that, again, before we judge people, just remember they have a story. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what it was. She was just a hurt, sick little person. That's all she was. And it was fun. Oh, perfect timing, roommate. We're just finishing up. Oh, just in time Back to from- make sweet love to me. Back. Oh, you are sweaty. You really ran. Oh, she is sweaty. All right. That's well, just her natural body odor. That is. Well, tell everybody who's listening where they can find all things you. Okay, we can find what? All Things You. Okay, so All Things Me, uh, myself, and Dana Moon. And the reason I bring her up is we're kind of like a little bit of a comedy team. We do our separate things. We do things together. Hers is at Dana Moon Me, just the way it sounds, at Dana, D-A-N-A-M-O-O-N, me. You can look her up and find me there. Mine is at Josh Nasser, J-O-S-H. And then I said like NASA, the space program, N-A-S-A-R. That's across all platforms. 
and I just got approved for Facebook um, mentions, which is uh, live streaming. So I live stream on Facebook. It's kind of like Periscope. Oh, wow. I live stream. You can ask questions, answer questions. We can go back and forth. You just got to You can tell me what to do to because I, you have to get approved. You have to get verified oh, I'm on not, Facebook. Oh, I'm not there yet. And then uh, I go out and I do a lot of prank videos. And I have oh. a prank video uh, coming out. I have a prank video every Friday I come out. Oh, nice. So uh, please look at all my stuff. Share my stuff. YouTube.com slash Josh Nasser. Uh, my website. Just Google me. And I, ha- I basically went through with a fine-tooth comb. And when you type my name in, every single uh, site I want you to see in the order I want you to see it comes up. It literally is like I think of you and then I just think equals joy. You're just very joyous. And I love that. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this today. So everybody else, you know where to find me, DearMattyShow.com, Moore, all the social – all the Insta, whatever. I love you, Maddie. Aw, I love you too for doing this. I really do. And yeah, everybody ask questions. And yeah, that's it. So we'll see you next week and do something nice for someone this week. All right. Bye. 